Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. In anything in life, it's negotiable. You're negotiating with the seller and you don't know what the seller's thoughts in their head. Maybe you got them at a really good price and they probably tell you to go pound sand. Maybe it's a high price and the seller has some movement on their side. But I encourage people to test the waters a little bit, but don't be a-hole. Don't be a douchebag. This is a story about a dude named Lane. Then one day he went and tried to rent them out, and then he became one of the best Hi, I'm in the process of buying my first turnkey investment in Kansas City. The issue I am having is that the inspection shows a 15-year-old furnace. Obviously, it's ending the end of it. I'll be asking them to replace this. Any suggestions that if they won't budge, do they usually give back earnest money? We used to help people buy turnkey rentals in the incubator group, but I've moved off of this stuff as with residential prices being really high and most of our investors being accredited investors that shouldn't own rental properties because rental properties are kind of a pain in the ass. It's just what do you do if you get a several hundred dollars of cash flow? You have to go and do this. And most of our folks make a high salary and they value their time more than money. If you're lower than quarter million, half a million dollars net worth, I was there at one time. They still buy these rental properties. This, this is the kind of stuff you have to do, but I guess that's where you learn the most. It's like a crappy job at the beginning. You're like the new guy. Once you become more of a veteran, your job longer, happy you, you went through the process of learning. There's a younger guy buying a rental property in Kansas City. We have a lot of case studies of inspections. I think if you check out the YouTube channel, like I walked uh, some students through some inspection reports and how to negotiate through this process in anything in life it's negotiable you're negotiating with the seller and you don't know what the seller's thoughts in their head maybe you got them at a really good price and they probably tell you to go pound sand maybe it's a high price and the seller has some movement on their side but i encourage people to test the waters a little bit but don't be a-hole don't be a douchebag and be like oh i want you to like replace the whole thing and give me ten thousand dollars especially in like residential real estate you have very unsophisticated sellers and things are all over the place and i think a lot of people you can piss them off they don't want to work with you anymore so be wary of that i would try not to be too aggressive one way or the other so two scenarios let's just say I feel like I paid a fair price for it. Not too high, not too low. What I would probably do is, I don't know how much a furnace costs. Let's just say it's $5,000. Just to use a nice round number. What I would probably argue is this furnace just might, even the benefit of that, Mr. Seller, it might last for maybe four, three to five years. But in that case, maybe you can credit back to me 80% of what a new furnace costs. Maybe four thousand dollars maybe you add an extra ten percent on that call it 4500 so there's some negotiation it's the first offer typically you, you, know, you don't want to be the first person to make an offer but in this case you have to as the buyer if you got a really good price on it i would be less aggressive if you're overpaying and you're already lukewarm on the property i would probably say to just move on and just suck it up you should get your earnest money if you structured it that way in some deals you don't get the earnest money back if you pass a certain due diligence period so you again check with your agent should probably walk you through this because sometimes you get it back sometimes you don't that's how you negotiate it in the contract period is what dictates this what i tell my students is you build a list of all the things that need to be fixed and some of the nice to haves and you need to know what's nice to have 
then you start to build some approximate costs, like how we did here. We'll furnish 5,000 bucks. The paint ships on the eastern western corner of the property, 250. And like nitpicky things like that. When you're buying rental grade stock, you're not going to get any of that stuff. But it's nice to know like the dollar cost of all this stuff put together. And most times if you're buying a $100,000 house, I think there is wiggle room one way or another by 2 to 5% typically. But every case is different. And I think this is where you really need to have somebody who's done this before look over your shoulder and just spot check your negotiation back. And then also the messaging. Like, how did you put this in an email back to them? Or maybe did you work through your agent? Sometimes that's a great idea. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes the agent just wants you two freaking guys to make this deal go so they can get paid and go off and cash your check, get their commission. Sometimes it's not always best to show your agent all your cards. This is why it's a pain in the ass to own these rentals. If you guys want to see other reasons why, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash PITA, P-I-T-A, and you'll find out what that means. This Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.